Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of It's a Bames Life podcast. How are we all doing today? Um, obviously you know who it is. It's your Bimose Issy here coming back to you with another episode. And this week I have got some wonderful guests with me. Give me a shout guys. Yay! <laughs> So, um, I have got Black Community Rising here with me. For those of you who don't know, I'm also part of Black Community Rising. If you didn't know, go get a life, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Do your research. Um, I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves, how they want to introduce themselves, and then we're going to go straight in. There's somebody, like, really trying to come through the roof, but we move. (laughs) Who wants to go first? Hi, I'm Jalissa. I uh, joined Black Community Rising not too long ago. Um, been very excited at meeting so many amazing Black people um, and being a part of a community of people that are excited and willing to do something to um, affect change and radical change and willing to do what it takes. Um, yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, my name's Jada. Um, people, you know, it's, it's really nice to get people together and get the community going. Um, I think we're sort of inspired to do this because we love community, we want to empower people, make people feel good um, and create change. So I'm really happy that this is all going so, so wonderfully, such great people. Um, I'm Lisa. Um, I feel like Black Community Rising is very important um, right now as ever because, you know, in a lot of radical left-wing spaces, we see them just taking over. Well, like we see many, many, many movements and just, you know, life in general being taken over by, you know, white people, by white males especially. And if we're trying to push for revolution, you know, we can't be like black people need to be there we need to like represent and i don't think there's a space for that so i think you know having black community rising here where we can all speak freely we all have you know we all feel empowered like jada said you know um i think it's so important because this system's fucked the system's broken well nah the system's not broken the system's running in like the fucked up way that it's supposed to be running but that's that's not like happening for for anyone i mean that's not it's not benefiting people unless you're you know the top one percent and so we need we need a new system like fuck the system exactly <laughs> fuck the popo yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i'm daniel um or dan um i joined basically because yeah, the left is extremely white and just, yeah, just very white. So, like, you know, you, you 
go to all these spaces and you just feel like the only like the token black person so come in to find out about black community rising and it's run by black women and femme and femmes and like you know i just thought yeah this i kind of have to take an opportunity where i'm giving it like and this is kind of the opportunity um to be a part of something that i feel like really could you know make real change tangible change you know people who actually are you know are passionate and who come from um places of of actually understanding the anti-racist struggle through experience um and yeah i just feel like this is where i'm supposed to be so yeah that's why i'm that's why i'm here hello i am salome uh and i joined bcr because uh i was in the education system teaching and i quickly began to realize how uh education is being used as a tool to kind of mask the dangers of the current system that we're in so when i found out about bcr and what they're doing i was super excited to join in um, through the education program but it's just turned into a perfect space for personal growth learning meeting people um, and just having a nice group of black people who share your views um, and yeah just to grow together because i think sometimes we don't always have those spaces um, so it's good to be working with my people Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. I'll be honest, I joined Black Community Rising because I want to make a ruckus. I fucking hate racism <laughs> of all sorts. I hate discrimination. And Black Community Rising stands against all those things as well. So I was like, yeah, this is the place for me. And that's why I joined Black Community Rising. Great. So we've got some fantastic things coming up soon, haven't we, guys? Um, so we can talk about them. Who wants to go first? These people are all scared of something. They don't know who I am. Like, we've been all talking together for months. I don't know what you guys are afraid of. So we have, yeah, we have a lot of exciting things up and coming. Like, so at the moment, we've already started, like, an education programme in, in Bristol and in Norwich. So that's where Black Community Rising is currently operating currently rising you know obviously we need to take over okay so yeah like i was saying we've got some amazing things coming up in the next couple of months so uh, does anybody want to start us off with what's going to happen yeah so as black community rising you know we're recently birthed um so we're already trying to like establish a place within the community so we've started up like education workshops already in, in Bristol and Norwich which is where we're currently based um, but we have some exciting stuff coming up for October which um, as you know or maybe as you don't know is Black History Month so you know we really just want to uplift the black community like times have been very very heavy for a lot of us and I think well no I don't think I know that we just need to, we just need to enjoy and, and celebrate our blackness, you know, remember like our, the fact that we are, you know, beautiful, powerful, strong beings and, you know, just connect as a community um, around October to do that. Um, 
I don't know if anyone wants to carry on, maybe break down what we're doing. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that we also want to be focusing on is um, the well-being um, of black people um, as at the moment it's been a tough time. Lisa said heavy times, difficult times. Um, so we do want to make sure that we have space um, for black people to come together and just de-stress. Um, so one of the things that we have planned is yoga and meditation mm -hmm. sessions. Um, and to be nice community together. Mm -hmm. um, and we would have, we will have black instructors. Mm -hmm. So yeah. creating <laughs> comfortable enjoyable chill spaces yeah uh, definitely i think we have quite a focus on you know it being uh you know put on by black people facilitated by black people as much as possible um you know keeping that keeping that within ourselves and you know waking up the community as well mm -hmm. getting those business links out yeah you know, getting getting all that going that sounds really good on the topic of black history month Growing up, did any of you ever feel excited about celebrating Black History Month? That's a good question. Mm, it just wasn't really a, yeah. it wasn't like a holiday. No one really treated it like a holiday. It's never really been like a celebration. It's just been a month that we've actually learned about some, some Black people in school, maybe. But even that, it's a bit surfacey. Like yeah. Rosa Parks. Yeah, like <laughs> who's amazing by the way, yeah, but cool. like she's not the only person. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they'd be bringing Malcolm X into the picture. Yeah, never. Didn't hear a thing about the Black Panthers. Not a yeah. single no, word. No. Didn't utter a single syllable. So it's all like anti-racism that suits the white man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, non-violence. Just yeah, mm. anything that's palatable mm. is is what can make it. Yeah. In schools, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't even remember it being a thing. Yeah, like, thing. I remember yeah, it was a thing yeah, in America. Yeah. Mm. I remember watching like, did you used to watch that so Razor? Oh yeah. yeah. And that episode <laughs> about like, you know, black history. <laughs> like that was the first time I, I was actually aware of it. And I was like, oh, what's this thing? But then I kind of just related, related it to America. Mm. I don't remember like doing anything in school for black history. I don't even remember people chatting about yeah. it. No, like. I mean, obviously, I grew up in a very white area, but I was say, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I don't remember it at all, to be honest. Yeah, that's really strange because I grew up in Ireland, and actually, we used to do a lot for Black History Month, like, and we would like do shows and everything, and like reenact certain scenes, or you know, we would read books and talk about them like openly. So we learnt about Black Panthers and all that kind of stuff. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, when you say reenact scenes, what do you mean by that? Yeah, scenes of war. Yeah, like scenes <laughs> so we of were... history. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Oh wait, yeah. What? Well, hold on. I guess yeah. I, uh, I remembered <laughs> what. What? Yeah. Whoa, that's dark. That's no, when we when I say reenact scenes, is they would like reenact scenes is the wrong word to use. Actually, we would do plays by black people that have been written by black people mm. about um black people in particular mm. so we would like to don't ask me what it is because i left uni almost 10 years ago let alone school yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, we would like do plays by black writers essentially, or and we would do like poetry, music, you know. Mm. We'd get the gospel out. I mean, my school was predominantly white. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was leaving secondary school, there was three black people. Like that's how white it was. Whoa. But I actually never felt like I was the only person there that was black, which was really strange. Now that I look back at it, I was so comfortable in that space, and like I was just always like thought of as a person. Like my color didn't come into question. Mm. I wasn't treated any worse. If anything, I was treated better because I was such a problematic child. Mm. I got my own like detention room. Oh. It was great. <laughs> With Mrs. H. If she's out there, still got love for you. Wouldn't be the woman I am today if it wasn't for you. Big up, Mrs. H. She was honestly vice president vice principal of the school. She really kept me on my toes. But yeah, like I didn't really experience racism until I came to the UK. Which is like something I always tell people and they find out so strange when I say I'm from Ireland, because they just assume another white country means Mm. another racist problem. But Mm. in actual fact, Ireland is probably one of the most unproblematic places I've ever lived in. Mm. And I've lived in a lot of places. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of people say that, but then we have to remember that back in the day, there was no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Yeah, Mm. yeah. So there's always been this deeper connection, and obviously Ireland has its own history of, you know, things that they went through. So I think they kind of just understood as people and just made sure that everybody felt welcoming. I mean, there are other issues in the country. Mm. We have to fight for the rights of LGBTQ people. Mm. You know, there was issues with the Eastern European people, which was strange because they look like them. and They were more inclined to be happier with black people. So there have been issues, but black has never been an issue for them. You know, I, it's very rare for me to walk down the street and somebody call me a nigger. Whereas the other day I was having a cigarette outside my auntie's house and this kid on his bike was just like, look at that nigger to his friend. And I was just what like, but so I'm a problematic person anyway. <laughs> I knew what house they came out of. So I went and knocked on the door and I said, them two kids that were just on the bike, are they your kids? And the woman said, yes, very proudly. And I said, why'd your kid just call me a nigger? And she obviously like was stumbling on her words. She was like, oh, I don't know where he got that from. I was like, you didn't get it from me because I'm not going around shouting nigger on the street. So mm-hmm. you obviously got it from inside this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just here to tell you, don't ever let it come out again. Mm-hmm. If not, I will not be held responsible for my actions. And she was like, I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. Obviously, he got called back straight away and what everyone was told off. But, you know, and I think as black people, we need to stop being afraid to call out wrongness when it happens there and then, you know. And today was a great example. So we went to the Bristol March and that guy was talking you can you you I mean I was saying to Jill like if it was if it was our event like if it was our event I like from when he said what he said I would have taken the mic out of his hand I wouldn't have actually let him say what what else he was going to say because like he like you could even tell he lost the crowd after like the crowd like whatever kind of 
con um, like interactivity he tried to get into his poetry no one was like no one was really that engaged and you could tell the difference in their response between their response to his actual performance and then the the subsequent responses from like Jill and um, the All Black Lives organizers who came up on the on the mic to basically denounce what he was saying about um, about trans people. Um, so basically, what happened? Yeah, sorry. Let me just actually tell the story. I've just been like, yeah. Let me actually say what happened. Like, yeah. So you know, we're we're there in Castle Park, um, and it's it's like after the protests and everyone's doing their speeches and stuff and. Um, this um, Rastaman, um, local Rastaman, I forgot his name. I, to be honest, I don't care. We're not going to call his name. Yeah, I, I, don't, even, yeah, I don't want to give him any, yeah, any publicity <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, like some local Rastaman. He came on after, so he came on after, directly after um, uh, a person called Travis, who's a non-binary person, um, trans person of colour, who came up and did a speech about transphobia within, and, and anti anti-LGBTQ just oppression and, and judgment within the black community and it was a really amazing speech and then this guy came on about you know two minutes after and he was just like you know like he was trying to be all positive and he was like oh yeah like you know I I love how you know it's really important that we're all here together and like um, you know even you know I can come and then he was like asking people on the stage like oh where's that where's that girl who was on like where's that I mean, I mean, straight away he's he's misgen he's misgendering them and like, and he obviously. But on top of this, like, he's like, where he's like, where is she? You know, I wanna I wanna like bring her on because I've got a point to make or blah blah blah. And he was trying to be all positive about it. And then he was like, anyway, like what I was gonna say is like, um, it's great that we can all be together, even though you know I'm you know I'm you know I will say or you know, Jar Rastafari, and, but I you know I may not like agree with you know that lifestyle but like i'm still here and it's like every like literally from that moment everyone was just like like everyone it was just a collective sigh like a collective mm -hmm. sigh like oh okay like this is where we're at now like you know good vibes until now like it's all black lives on the banner right above his head but of course he's gonna bring that energy but anyway yeah like um he came up as soon as he said that like me and me and Jalissa were like standing there, like, like hold it, like, because everyone heard it. Everyone like heard what he was saying. Like you could see the looks on the crowds. Like everyone was just like, uh, like it's a bit awkward. It was a bit awkward because you know everyone was cheering and clapping to previous people, and him he was just getting like a bit of silence to to whatever he was trying to say. And then he had the audacity to say, "Are you following?" Which the lovely Bristolian crowd said, no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah the crowd, the audience, everyone was just like, nah, we're not following you, sorry, we don't, nah, no. <laughs> he, he tried to carry on, like, he tried to carry, he, he did not get the hint or nothing. He tried to carry on and he was like, anyway, and then um, I think it was like one of the organisers um, like um, of All Black Lives who was just like, you know, just, you know, skip this. If you're going to speak, say whatever else you're going to talk about. Cause this is a mess basically as i was saying like if it was me mike gone like i wouldn't even like give him a platform after that mm. because it's the energy like even if he never mentioned anything after that about that subject you know where he stands and that's like enough for him not to really be on that stage with with us you know trying to celebrate 
trying to celebrate or make points about um, all black lives mattering. And he's saying, you know, yeah, they, they all matter. But even though I don't disagree, with, you know, I, even though I don't agree with, you know, that like, it's just like, nah, like, come on, like, no. Anyway, but um, yeah, thankfully, Jalissa came down, hold it, you know, she held it down. Like, before she said her speech, she was just like, first of all, like, you know, first of all, I just want to say that when we say all black lives, we mean all black lives, you know, trans lives as well. So, like, none of that, I don't agree with that lifestyle because that's, you know, um, patronising and it's not okay. Like, like, but, it, I mean, it was obviously, she laid it down a lot harder, which is better than how I'm trying to reconstruct it, <laughs> reconstruct it now. But, yeah, like... Yeah, and yeah, and she did, she honestly, like, did us proud, to be honest, like, mm. yeah, if we get footage, you'll all see, like, the whole crowd was, yeah, fully for us, and yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that guy, can, yeah. He was, he was just <laughs> a mess of a human being. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, I was there from the start, and his name was problematic anyway. I can't and... remember his name. No, but, but yeah, before that, say, yeah, we know. won't say his yeah. street name or the name that he goes by because yeah. he basically acts to be called by his street name, uh, which was problematic in itself considering you're in your 60s, why have you got a street name? <laughs> <laughs> like, at some point you need to grow up, mate. <laughs> I feel like he might have been older than his 60s. Yeah. He might have been like in his 70s, not yeah. even going to lie. Like, yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah, because you know he's a raster man. You know he's probably eating well, so he's aging well. So like you know, but yeah, he's too old to be talking away. Like you know, sort it out. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's another good thing that I like about you know Black Community Rising is that we're here for all Black people, and that does include the LGBTQ community, as obviously you guys know. Sometimes I refer to myself as a woman. Sometimes I don't. I don't conform to gender, I don't conform to anything society says is normal because it's a load of bloody bullshit anyway, so fuck the system, is my opinion. But yeah, so we've got like amazing stuff that we're doing in October for Black History Month, and then like just in general, like we've got other stuff planned, haven't we, as Black Community Rising and um, how we're going to be going forward. From this because we've been going now for a couple of months and things are starting to kind of fall into place for us and just to jump in so um also one of the things um when we were talking earlier about uh the relevance and significance of black history month in uh the uk um so for the past two years when i've been teaching i was teaching a coastal area i think one of the things that is really interesting is uh, my school had this idea where they're really just centering in and focusing on everything being in relation to grading. Um, and I'm sure a lot of schools um, are going through a similar thing where all the pressure on young people is on getting grades. Um, so they were scrapping uh, so many things. So for example, Arts are being scrapped in a lot of areas. Um, maths and English and science are the only things that are prioritised. Um, in the way in which we teach, us as teachers um, are 
the knowledgeable beings and the young people don't have that much freedom to question um, what's being said um, and also knowledge is the focus um, in the sense that textbook knowledge nothing else outside of that is the focus for the exams um, and one of the things that black history month it's not even a thing um, it's not talked about it wasn't mentioned um, and I think going off how the school sort of runs it's a sort of thing where it's if anything is not in relation to the school getting good grades there's no need there's no space for that there's no room for it um so it, yeah i was just saying that that it's, it's it's not positive in any sort of way um this idea of kind of trying to shape i mean i, I have so many stories about how the, the school is run mm. um but like kind of trying to shape young people into this kind of one way um of being and denying them information um because oh it's not going to help you to get a job or it's not going to help you to um get the grades that you need to go into the next step but that leads to a whole other host of things including feeling not comfortable lack of identity and also just mental health issues on a major scale which i think we have seen a massive rise on um or more I don't know because it's more visible at the moment. I don't know if it's more visible. That's the thing, but yeah, just working with young people and seeing how completely stripping them of anything that allows them to learn outside of what's in the school system thingy. Yeah, that's it. And even just touching on that, if we go back like literally a week or two ago when mm. they got their results mm. and the algorithm system was so oh, screwed yeah. that people were literally losing their place in university and some universities have been very good and said they're going to go on the predicted grades. Mm. However, we know as black people mm. that the schooling system does not favour black mm. children. So on some parts, those kids are not even you know, treated correctly mm. on their predicted grades. So mm. that you've created a system that fucks us over. Mm. You create a system that fucks us all over. I was black and white people. You had a backup system that fucks black people over. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? Do you know, how many people are not going to go to university this September or October because they were predicted lower grades than what they're actually achieving. Mm-hmm. And I can speak from experience from that as my cousin had a place in Swansea and has now lost that place mm-hmm. and is now going to have to wait until next year to reapply. They won't even give her a chance to go through clearings because her grading was completely fucked. One of the most intelligent people I know, mm-hmm. far more intelligent than me. <laughs> and yet here we are. In the same position and it's just it's tiring yeah. when we really sit down and think and I think people need to understand that black people are exhausted stop asking your black friend how to be a better human being like just use your goddamn common sense <laughs> like don't be racist mm. duh with the BCR stuff though what's um I think that's quite enjoyable and exciting is the fact that we understand um, the power of ourselves 
um, and we understand that there's so many beautiful, intelligent, great people who have stuff to share. So by coming together as a community, we want to create those spaces. So if the education system is not going to be look, well, it is not good enough. Um, so we can create spaces and bring our own teachers to share and to learn about the truth. So I think that is one of the exciting things is that we really want to just get going and actually get shit done um, in terms of when we see problem, how can we as a community solve this problem? So if it's that we need our young people to have spaces where they can learn about their history properly, that the school system's not going to do it, let's do it together, let's learn, let's bring our ideas and our knowledge together and make it happen. Yeah. yeah 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 but i feel like you know it's it extends beyond the school system mm. you know we've had we have you know a lot of plans about what we want to do like i guess um well our manifesto is up on our website blackcommunityrising.com if you want like a an in-depth look at it but you know we think that all the systems are broken mm. like so you know we have the education system but even you know the prison system the criminal yeah. injustice system where mm you know, they're like, they're literally just like maniacally, like, maniacally, 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 sorry, my brain cells are a little bit dead today, guys, <laughs> but we move, we move, um, like maniacally just like locking black bodies up mm. and, you know, just using their, their brutal power to just, to just be oppressive. And so, you know, another thing that we want to do is to just get some community resolution, like teams, resolution networks set up within our communities to protect our communities where, you know, the, there is no protection from, you know, the police. Um, you know, they're not there to serve and protect. They're there to brutalise and, 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 you know, just be prejudiced to mm. and just to disproportionately, like, affect our communities. So you know, we're not going to rely on police reform. We've been waiting, what, like over 20 years since the McPherson report. And, you know, fair enough, there's, there's a few more black people as police officers, but what, what does that mean? Like, it doesn't really mean shit because, you know, stop and search is, is increasing, like, disproportionately. So you just need to tear it all down and, and really start something which prioritises the community, you know, taking power from the state and putting it back into the community. That's what we're about. And, you know, that's something that benefits everyone. I think people get a bit, um, like, I don't know, get a bit wary about when you when you talk about the fact that you're a radical, like, left political mm. movement, especially as, as POC, and, you know, people get intimidated just by us. Um, but I think, you know, telling people that all we, all we want to do is give power to the community. I don't know, like, how people can disagree with, with, with that agenda, you know, like, you know, empowering ourselves. And, yeah, we want to do that in every way we can. I think what we have to realise is that people don't disagree. They're just uncomfortable because it means changes for them. Mm -hmm. They, you know, people who are not black, shall mm -hmm. we say, who don't suffer the same kind of violence and brutality that we do. I think are living in this fear of, oh, I've got a nice 
cushy bubble and if that bubble is broken what happens to me and what they don't realize is if we all work together nobody's gonna have to be in a little bubble we're mm. all gonna be in a better place yeah and it's just irritating i mean mm. like i told you guys this morning i was woken up by the police mm. <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning asking about the blooming protest that was gonna happen mm. today because you know what happened with extinction rebellion we're not extinction rebellion mm. yes mm. we are a radical movement yeah, but like apolitical like they don't yeah they yeah don't they don't they don't they don't they don't fuck extinction you know, they've got our contact numbers. So my cousin runs BLM Gwent. So they were coming to look for him, mm. to talk to him about, you know, how the running of today was going to be in Newport. And then obviously I've answered the door and they're like, oh yeah, you're always in Bristol. Like, and they're trying to talk to me. I'm like, first of all, don't think that you can hit two birds with one stone, mate. Mm. You've come for one person, deal with that person. Sneak. Exactly, sneaky. like they know what they're doing. Exactly, yeah. it's like they were like, oh, if we just say one person's name and hopefully the other one's at home, yeah. like great. And they're like trying to talk to me and find out about me. I'm just like, leave me alone. Like I don't want to talk to you. You're not my friend. I don't know you. You're coming into my home at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Like what is wrong with you? you not have anything better to do like your wife is at home <laughs> chilling in bed by herself because you've decided that you want to be knocking on black people's door like what's wrong with you and also there was no need for them to do what they did like I said they've got the contact numbers you could have just easily called and had that conversation but we are also living in a place where it is predominantly white so it's like, oh, let's make a scene of these people. I don't know, what what are you expecting at nine o'clock in the morning that we're going to come for you with pots and pans? Like, what is wrong? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Nobody was awake in our house. <laughs> like, it's Sunday. We're trying to have a lion, exactly. trying to chill, and you're just, like, ruining my morning time, like, of me having quietness before the chaos ensues. And it was just wrong. And this is why we say defund the fucking police because mm. they're absolutely useless. Yeah. I always find the police don't... They're not proactive in stopping something from happening. Mm. They're there when something does happen. Mm. Like, yeah. if we think about it, we only call the police when something has happened. We never call the police and go, I think something's about to happen and you should get here. At which they wouldn't even turn up. And 90% of the time when you ring them when something has happened they tell you it's not their place if it's not your place to stop domestic abuse if it's not your place to stop somebody being beaten up on the street then what what are you here for you literally have no place in society so get lost yeah i mean i mean for, i mean the gag is like domestic violence is is very much perpetrated by people on the on the police force like Police are like huge, huge um, domestic violence perpetrators. Like statistically, like you can look that up. Like, I mean, but it, you know, it just goes to show like, it's the it's that position of power. Like, it's mm -hmm. there's, 
it's a you know it kind of comes with that that territory that you're gonna like you're a toxic profession you're gonna be toxic at home too like you're gonna be not even as toxic violent like you're gonna be violent not even just violent like lethal like people are dying like people are dying but like no like anyway sorry yeah no going back to like what what everyone was saying like about schools and like i just wanted to like link that as well like i just feel like we're so used to like being stripped of our autonomy like in schools like kids don't have a say like what you're saying kids don't have a say in what they learn they don't have a say in asking questions and, and stuff like that and like people are so used to us having these governing bodies or these these pigs like coming around and sorting out our mess and like we can we can protect us like we have the power to protect but we're so we're so entrenched in the system where you know the people in power are protecting people who they value which is white people which is why it's usually black people who who understand that if it's not working then we need to change it but the people who are not comfortable with that and who are fine with their autonomy being stripped are the people for whom the system works best for exactly and the people who it's not working for they just got to deal with it and it's like we have to I feel like we have to like combat that and um highlight that but um yeah I don't know if that does that make sense like yeah yeah like because yeah absolutely in schools just grading and like the whole thing is is dead like it makes people feel bad about themselves if they if they don't if they if they're not the right kind of smart if they're not the right kind of this and like it's just churning out people who can make money for the state and it's not it's not building people up it's not allowing people to grow into more complex human beings it's more just conditioning i completely agree and even like not even just schools but even if we look at workplaces Mm. how many places have we individually worked where we're the only black person and do you know even like where i am now there's two of us that are black and not a word was said for months on end about Black Lives Matter even though they were fully aware that we were activists that we were out there marching like I was mentally drained for a couple of months where I was like I need to get away but I'm still expected to do my job and even when I brought the topic up to another line manager and saying you know I'm just mentally drained from this Black Lives Matter stuff, and I just feel like I'm in mourning, because we are mourning, we're mourning every single black person who has died due to police brutality, the response I got was just, I can laugh about it now, but at the time I was just like, what, like, what planet do you even live on, this woman actually turned around to me and said, I just didn't know racism still existed, mm. and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was so angry and I said, why would you know? You're white. And she was like, well, I don't think it's that. And I was like, (laughs) we'll just call her Karen. I was just like, all right, Karen, just, you know, let's just leave it here because I'm about to get vexed with you Mm -hmm. and I need to, like, pay rent. So, obviously, (laughs) I got to calm myself about who I'm getting vexed with, really. But... It took, what, maybe last month was the first time we had a meeting with the people in my department who are actually black. 
I didn't even know we had other black people that were just on different... Like, I genuinely have never seen them. But they work in different sites. So we were on a call together with, like, our head of departments. And they were like, oh, what can we do to make it better? I was like, well, first of all, why did I not know that there's, like, 20 other black people in my own department? Like... Where was that information gone? Like, why are you hiding us from each other? Why are we situated in different sites to do the same job? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And they were like, oh, yeah, this just happens as to where people are working, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I can get that. Now you've put out a statement about how you want to get, you know, to a certain percentage of people in senior positions by a certain date. Are you trying to tell me that there weren't people applying for those jobs before? It's not the people applying for the jobs. It's the way in which the job is being advertised. It's the fact that people are applying and not even getting an interview. I had 11 job applications and three interviews before I got this job. And I work for this company. I was literally moving from one department to another. You know my credentials. Yeah, I was being shut down at every corner. Sometimes I would do an interview and I would be told you didn't get the job and I'd ask, okay, what can I do better to make myself better for the next interview? And they were like, oh, it's just, there was, honestly, you answered all the questions amazingly. Your presentation was fantastic. Um, it was just somebody who was just that little bit better than you. Okay, what specifically did they do better so that I can do that next time? They were just a little bit better than you. Oh, okay. So they were white, Karen. Yeah, they were white. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, how am I meant to progress when you can't even tell me what I'm doing wrong? Oh, yes, because I'm not doing anything wrong. You just don't want me in your team because it makes you uncomfortable. And that's the problem we need to fix. Like, when, I talk, when we look at finance, for example, where I work, like, that's a lot of black people go into finance as one of, you know, major jobs that we do. So to them be in a department where there's only two of us is so surreal to me. Like, I don't understand how that works because I know a lot of people who are studying this in uni, who have come out with degrees in this. Why are they not getting jobs over here? And yes, I'm slightly more privileged to be able to work there, but... I that it hasn't been an easy ride. The amount of times I've had to take managers to above and beyond complaints to have any response given to me and still yet most of them are getting a slap on the wrist. You know, I've had one where I've taken it to the highest level and all they've done is just promoted her to a different job. Like she's still working for the company, known racist, but hey ho. Mm. we'll just let her carry on like like there's no shit off anybody's back like it's not like she made my life a living hell do you know there's so many times where I felt like I could walk out but then I stayed because I'm like I need to be an example of somebody who can infiltrate the system but it just gets tiring Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's not even just schools it's workplaces as well and I think people need to start asking themselves and asking their managers why is there only one person of ethnic minority in the office like I don't und- like how is that happening is that especially if we look at places like Bristol London mm-hmm. places that are multicultural why is our office not looking like 
what it looks like outside. Mm-hmm. And I think once we start asking those questions, we can start getting honest answers. Yeah. I think in my, you know, in my experience, um, I've worked in healthcare and something, you know, it's, it's so blatant when you see what wards and what kind of jobs are given to people of colour compared to white people. Um, you know, people of colour usually get, you know, elderly, which is a lot more hands-on work, or night shift, so there's actually not much face-to-face interaction. Um, there's only one black woman who's a ward manager out of, I don't know, maybe eight, nine. Um, and I was talking to a psychiatrist about this, actually, and he was, you know, we were discussing this, and he was like, oh, you know, I sat down with all of these, all these, like, heads, these, all these psychiatrists, and we were trying to discuss it, like, how can we get more, you know, how can we get more, more diversity, how can we bring people of colour into the, into the trade, I don't know what you call it. Profession. Profession, that's the one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Builders. Working on that mental and yeah, you know, it was him sat in a room with a bunch of a bunch of white people trying to figure it out. And I was like, well, you know, you're all psychiatrists. You all you you all know the reason. You all know how it all works. So why are you not implementing things? You know, you with your clean nails, you know, and your lovely waxy hair. You know, why aren't you implementing? these things and making changes in your in your workplace if you if you are so well educated you know you know how to make these things happen you know how to reach out to people you know it doesn't make sense why are you not being active with it because it doesn't affect you exactly that's the thing until it starts to affect people individually they don't stand up i mean even like one of our you know demands is climate justice Mm -hmm. i mean for how long has that battle been going on about Mm -hmm you know, taking care of the of the ecosystem that we have now, if not, we're literally not going to have an earth to put our children on if we carry on going on like this. But it's still the same generation that I've said, no, this needs to stop. And as much as I think Extinction Rebellion are a bunch of just mad people, <laughs> they have they have to some extent brought the discussion to the table, you know, from causing so much ruckus. And I do have to give them kudos. I don't agree with all the ruckus that they cause and everything else, but they've at least brought it to the attention that it needs to stop. But again, it feels like it's this generation that is doing all the work. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've aged about 70 years. (laughs) Like, I'm ready to retire from work. I'm looking at my pension pot every day, like, (laughs) is this enough for me to live on? Like, realistically, if I quit today, could I live on this? And most of the time, I probably wouldn't get past two months, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, but now, like, about Extinction Rebellion, though, I feel like the only reason why they have brought it, like to the public domain is because they are white mm-hmm. middle class like it wouldn't exactly. be you know we see like wretched of the earth they're doing their thing and they've been doing it strong for a long time but they just don't get the recognition that they deserve because it's a POC movement you know mm-hmm. um, 
uh, and I think, you know, in, in the past, I think they've, they've been kicked out of, um, like, marches and stuff for being too political, but climate change is political. Exactly. Like, it's completely what it is. Like, it's completely connected to this system of exploitation that is just our, our world right now. And so, you know, I, I think, it's like, I don't know, I feel like saying, you know, um, I'm glad Extinction Rebellion brought it to the forefront is like saying something like, I'm gra- glad the Beatles brought like <laughs> I don't know that music to the that, that, that's been going on. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm glad they, those white people brought techno to the like, oh, oh, no, Let's look at the roots of it. So, Thank you. Yeah. So true. So so yeah. true. And I completely agree with you on that. Um, definitely. And that's that group that you just mentioned. That's a group I've never heard of. What the Beatles? Beatles. Oh, 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 okay. We were on the same page, but I was thinking, hold on, that's a you problem. You need to sort that out. I get it. It's probably a good thing. No, no, I have heard of the Beatles. My school principal was highly obsessed. <laughs> to the point where I will not listen to them ever again. <laughs> My school principal was obsessed as well. It's very weird. Yeah, it's That's exactly. weird that we had to do plays. Like, we did yeah, school plays. Yeah. We did the yellow submarine. Yes, we yeah. did as well. I ran the submarine. I was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, I wasn't one of the Beatles. But I'll tell you a funny story. We did Wizard of Oz, and guess who was the lion? <laughs> Me. Oh. However, my sister did take one the following year, and she was the witch. Oh, they the... can't make none of you Dorothy. Like, no, they... no, of course not. <laughs> Of course not. Of course wow. we wouldn't get Dorothy. And I could <laughs> sing better than the one that was Dorothy anyway, but we move. Wonder where she is now. Multiple <laughs> baby daddies, but whatever. No shade, <laughs> but shade. Oh, Big shade. <laughs> she won't listen to this. Wow, there's some real tension. <laughs> yeah, like, I hope she doesn't find this podcast. I mean, I actually hope she does. That's, that's some drama I'd like to, I'd like yeah. to see the outcome of. But no, but like in terms of the future, where where are we seeing BCR Black Community Rising going? Just to the whole world. I feel like obviously right now we're in we're in Bristol, we're in Norwich, but you know, we wanna spread our message, spread our movement, we want people to, to join us and realise that there is an alternative because I think a lot of people get bogged down and um or you know, I mean there's just a systematic like um effort to make people feel that the system is working mm. for them and so people you know a lot of people can't see beyond this this current structure that we have so i think with what we're doing like if we can get people just like with our education program like but just with everything that we're doing just you know when we're talking if people if we can make people think yeah there is an alternative this is the alternative like these mm. people are doing a real thing because you know, in the end, like, we want this movement to spread. I mean, in the end, we want complete, like, revolution of, of, of our current order. So, you know, it, is, it starts by just getting to know the community and putting in those those initiatives for them. Um, but, you know, I think we have a lot of energy right now. Like, I think 
we're I think we're just a bunch of frustrated people you know like we're very frustrated and we've been frustrated and I feel like that's giving us an energy to just push through and and, and come up with our own thing you know completely agree and obviously we need money to make that happen mm -hmm. Amen. and <laughs> I'm not gonna beat around the bush people we paid as taxpayers we paid compensation mm -hmm. to people who owned slaves back in the day and their families up until 2015 I just find that absolutely mad and I think the reason why we didn't find out for so long is because the government knew there would be complete uproar, not just from black people, but from white people as well who don't agree with it. And for us to find that now, I think that's just, it's rude. And we need that money back. It's rude. It's rude. It's rude. It's like, that's like, you know, telling me, I had a baby, but they're not telling me where the baby is, like, without my permission. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't do that. You can't just be taking stuff from me and not tell me where it's going or that you're taking it in the first place. You know, it's not whenever I get my lovely tax letter every April, they don't tell me, oh, by the way, £64 of your tax money went to the Johnson's family um, over the year because they know that I would be ringing up HMRC going get my money back or prepare to have the building burnt down which would you prefer <laughs> <laughs> so you know this is also a shout out to ask for um well I'm not asking I'm telling you to donate yeah. to us because give us money because I don't really understand what else you're doing with your money at the moment if if you can't donate a couple of quid here and there to a cause that is actually an organisation that is working towards having a better place for the community. And like like um, Lisa said, you can go on our website and see, you know, our 12 demands if you want to have more read of it. There's also links there. Our social media has a Linktree event, um, Linktree link on it where you can actually you know, go on to the different things that we have available where you can donate. So we're, we're telling you guys to put your money where your mouth is. There's no point in you reposting on Instagram, putting black squares and saying, oh, you know, let's stand up for George Floyd, let's stand up for Belly Majenga, let's, you know, Shukri Apti and putting all these names on Instagram, but you're not giving to organisations um, like Black Community Rising or other ones that are out there doing great because... You know, we do plan to collab in the future with other um, organisations and charities that are doing what we're doing and trying to create a better place. So, yeah, I don't want to see you post love for anybody if you're not giving money. Like, give money so that we can actually make physical changes that are needed because that's how this works. We've been giving money to the government and our taxes to the government for years for them to be paying whoever they fancy to pay it's just not going to run anymore so yeah start giving money mate mm -hmm. or you will be part of the problem and mm -hmm. i will draw you out full on shade mm -hmm. i have yeah, a problem with that that's owed to us you know like yeah. giving money that's the start of justice so yeah give it give it all to us exactly yeah. Yeah, and fuck Extinction Rebellion as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Nah, but on a, seriously, I feel like I get I get the whole thing about them like being useful. Like I feel like they're useful in that they brought it to the light, but also we shouldn't 
I wouldn't say we should give them like like what you're saying we shouldn't give them like props or like yeah. yeah like I feel like honestly like black organizations like us and other ones that are doing work we should just you know you know just climb on the platform that they've made um but I don't think that they really deserve anything for it because really what are they really like they they got flimsy statements standing for flimsy ideals with no real political backbone or anything exactly but yeah completely um, agree um where can people find black community rising so you can find us on instagram at black community rising find us on facebook at black community rising one um find us on youtube uh, where we'll, we'll be posting like you know our education workshops and things that we're doing. So that's Black Community Rising. Um, we don't have a Twitter yet, or we kind of do have one, but it's not really active. But if you still want to follow us, that's <laughs> I can't actually remember what that is. But uh, we'll post it in the comments or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just blackcommunityrising.com. Like if you want to check out what we're doing, we've got a PayPal link there. So when you're ready. Send us money. Which is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like. yeah, we'll, we'll be around. We'll be around in Norwich and Bristol. So if you're in those cities, like, you know, may, I don't know, maybe you can come to our events and stuff. Um, and if you're interested in expanding this this movement into a place that you're you're at, um, you know, just give us a a bell or just just message us on one of those platforms. Um, yeah cool well you guys already know where to find me it's a bames live podcast on all socials i have now been officially shadow banned so tell your friends tell your family tell your brothers tell your sisters tell your enemies if you think it's gonna be good for them to listen to obviously search for me and find me um it's mostly Issy on my other page like i always say don't add me on my personal facebook page because i won't add you back i won't accept your request <laughs> um so <laughs> that's for family only and i don't need crazy people on my page because i am so done with talking to stupid people on Facebook about racism. Like, I've legit done a clean-out of idiots who are not reposting or just make absolute ridiculous comments about how all lives fucking matter. All lives can never matter until black lives matter. Okay? Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and we'll be back with another one next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.